European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 20, Focus Issue on Heart Failure by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Mechanisms and Outcomes of Heart Failure from HFPEF, HFMREF, and HFREF to Transplantation. As most human activities, be it in sports, politics, or business, scientists and the journals they publish their work in are rated continuously. Numerous indices are used to do so, such as the impact factor, immediacy index, impact quotient, eigenfactor, altimetric score, and H-index. As pointed out in the editor's page, entitled Measuring the Unmeasurable, Assessing the Quality of Science and Scientists, they all measure different aspects and thus never fully grasp the value of their work. Indeed, science is like art, and as such unmeasurable. Nevertheless, we all want measures, and as long as we know what they provide us with, measuring the unmeasurable is appropriate. The recent ESC guidelines for the diagnosis and treatment of acute and chronic heart failure defined three forms of heart failure, i.e. heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, or HFREF, with mid-range ejection fraction, or HFMREF, and with preserved ejection fraction, or HFPEF. The prevalence, mortality, and differential management of these three types of patients are still unclear. In their article, Mortality Associated with Heart Failure with Preserved versus Reduced Ejection Fraction in a Prospective International Multi-Ethnic Cohort Study, Robert Neil Doughty and colleagues from the University of Auckland in New Zealand determined and compared characteristics and outcomes of 2,039 patients with HFPEF, 28%, HFMREF, 12%, and HFREF, 59%. Compared to patients with HFREF, patients with HFPEF were older, more commonly female, and more likely hypertensive, but less likely to have coronary artery disease. Patients with HFPEF had a lower adjusted risk of death as those with HFREF. Plasma NT Pro BNP was similarly related to mortality in all three groups. These interesting results are further put into perspective in a thoughtful editorial by Scott Solomon from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Next to coronary artery disease, cardiomyopathies are an important cause of heart failure. They substantially differ in structure, function, and in their genetics. The Cardiomyopathy Registry of the Eurobservational Research Program is a prospective observational multinational registry of 3,208 patients with hypertrophic, or HCM, dilated, or DCM, arrhythmogenic right ventricular, or ARVC, and restrictive, or RCM, cardiomyopathy, as reported in the article, The Cardiomyopathy Registry of the Euroobservational Research Programme of the European Society of Cardiology, 
baseline data and contemporary management of adult patients with cardiomyopathies by Philippe Charon and colleagues from the EORP Cardiomyopathy Registry Investigators. Demographic and clinical differences between cardiomyopathy subtypes were observed for age of diagnosis, history of familial disease, history of sustained ventricular arrhythmia, use of magnetic resonance imaging, as well as the use of genetic testing and of defibrillators. As compared to probands, relatives had a lower age of diagnosis, but a similar rate of symptoms and defibrillators. Patients from Southern Europe had a familial disease more frequently, were more frequently diagnosed during family screening, and more frequently had a rare underlying disease. This registry therefore provides contemporary observational data on characteristics and management of patients with cardiomyopathies in Europe, and unravels potential gaps of existing recommendations. Heart failure is accompanied by major neuroendocrine activation, including natriuretic peptides. In an EHJ brief communication entitled The Heart Regulates the Endocrine Response to Heart Failure, Cardiac Contribution to Circulating Neprilysin, Mattia Arrigo and colleagues from the Hôpital Lariboisière in Paris studied the regulation of the natriuretic peptide pathway in heart failure patients undergoing implantation of the CARMAT total artificial heart. Ventricular removal was associated with an immediate drop in circulating natriuretic peptides, a nearly total disappearance of circulating glycosylated pro-BNP and furin activity, and a marked decrease in soluble neprilysin, while from week one onwards, natriuretic peptides remained unchanged. In contrast, partial recoveries in glycosylated pro-BNP, furin activity, and soluble neprilysin were observed. In patients with preserved systolic function, soluble neprilysin concentrations in the coronary sinus and systemic vessels were similar, while in those with reduced function, soluble neprilysin concentration and activity were around threefold higher in the coronary sinus compared to systemic vessels. Thus, the heart plays a pivotal role as a regulator of the endocrine response in systolic dysfunction, not only by releasing natriuretic peptides, but also by contributing to circulating neprilysin, which determines the bioavailability of other numerous vasoactive peptides. Heart transplantation is the last resort in the management of patients with heart failure and results in complete denervation of the donor heart with loss of afferent and efferent nerve connections. The majority of patients remain completely denervated during the first 6 to 12 months following transplantation, while some hearts are re-innervated an issue addressed in a review entitled Re-Innovation Post-Cardiac Transplantation by Avishay Gripper and colleagues from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA. Evidence of re-innovation is usually found during the second year after transplantation and involves the myocardial muscle, sinoatrial node and coronary vessels but remains incomplete and regionally limited many years post-transplantation.
Restoration of cardiac innervation can improve exercise capacity as well as blood flow regulation in the coronary arteries and hence improve quality of life. As yet, there is no evidence that the reinnervation process is associated with the occurrence of allograft related events or survival. The importance of the myocardial microcirculation in cardiac conditions is under-recognized, but is most likely impaired in infarction, different forms of heart failure, inflammatory diseases, and may even involve other organs, such as the retinal circulation. So far, it has been challenging to interrogate the microcirculation. Capillary rarefaction constitutes one of the earliest changes of allograft vasculopathy in cardiac allograft recipients, but its identification with coronary flow reserve or intracoronary resistance measurements is hampered because of non-selective interrogation of the capillary bed. In their manuscript, Identification of capillary rarefaction using intracoronary wave intensity analysis with resultant prognostic implications for cardiac allograft patients. Javier Escaned and colleagues from the Hospital Clinico Universitario San Carlos in Madrid, Spain, investigated the potential of wave intensity analysis to assess capillary rarefaction in 52 allograft patients to predict changes of allograft vasculopathy. A significant relationship of capillary density was noted with coronary flow reserve and the backward decompression wave. Patients with a smaller backward decompression wave had an increased risk of developing angiographic allograft vasculopathy. Additionally, the index backward decompression wave was lower in those who went on to have a clinical change of allograft vasculopathy events as well as more severe disease. Thus, in cardiac transplant patients, wave intensity analysis is able to quantify the early changes of allograft vasculopathy and predicts angiographic and clinical outcomes. The clinical implications of these novel findings are discussed in an editorial by Nico Bruning from the Erasmus MC in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Inflammation is not only involved in atherosclerosis, but also in myocardial remodeling, not only in myocarditis, but also in conditions with neurohumeral activation. Chemokine-mediated monocyte infiltration into the damaged myocardium initiates inflammation during cardiac remodeling. In their Basic Science article, CXCL1, CXCR2, axis mediates angiotensin 2 induced cardiac hypertrophy and remodeling through regulation of monocyte infiltration. Hui Hua Li and colleagues from the Institute of Cardiovascular Diseases in Dalian, China, investigated the role of chemokine CXCL1 and its receptor CXCR2 in angiotensin 2 induced cardiac remodeling. Angiotensin II was administered to wild-type mice treated with CXCL1 neutralizing antibody or CXCR2 inhibitor SB265610 to CXCR2 knockout or bone marrow reconstituted chimeric mice. Microarray revealed that CXCL1 
was the most highly upregulated in the wild-type heart at day 1 after angiotensin 2 infusion and CXCR2 expression and CXCR2 plus immune cells were time-dependently increased. Administration of CXCL1 neutralizing antibody prevented angiotensin 2 induced hypertension, cardiac dysfunction, hypertrophy, fibrosis, and macrophage accumulation compared with control. Furthermore, angiotensin 2 induced remodeling and inflammatory responses were also significantly attenuated in CXCR2 knockout mice, and in wild-type mice treated with SB265610 or transplanted with CXCR2-deficient bone marrow cells. Co-culture experiments in vitro further confirmed that CXCR2 deficiency inhibited macrophage migration and activation and attenuated angiotensin-2-induced myocyte hypertrophy and fibroblast differentiation, through multiple signaling pathways. Finally, circulating CXCL1 level and CXCR2 plus monocytes were increased in patients with heart failure. Thus, angiotensin 2 induced infiltration of monocytes in the heart is largely mediated by CXCL1, CXCR2 signaling, which aggravates cardiac remodeling. Inhibition of CXCL1 and or CXCR2 may represent new therapeutic targets in hypertensive heart disease. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Ernesto L. Schifrin from the Jewish General Hospital in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Vesicles released from cells, and in particular from stem cells, exert a variety of biological functions. In a Basic Science article entitled Acellular Therapeutic Approach for Heart Failure, In Vitro Production of Extracellular Vesicles from Human Cardiovascular Progenitors, Nisa Karen-Elaine Renault and colleagues from the Paris Centre de Recherche Cardiovasculaire at the Hôpital Européen Georges Pompidou in Paris, France, report that extracellular vesicles secreted by embryonic stem cell-derived cardiovascular progenitor cells recapitulate the therapeutic effects of their parent cells in a mouse model of chronic heart failure. The author's objectives were to investigate whether extracellular vesicles released by more readily available cell sources are therapeutic, whether their effectiveness is influenced by the differentiation state of the secreting cell and through which mechanisms they act. Extracellular vesicles secreted by IPS-derived cardiovascular progenitor cells and IPS-derived cardiomyocytes were isolated by ultracentrifugation and characterized. Myocardial infarction was induced in nude mice and those with LVEF less than or equal 45% received transcutaneous echo-guided injections of high PS cardiomyocytes in the peri-infarct myocardium, high PS progenitor cells, extracellular vesicles secreted by high PS progenitor cells saline. In vitro, Extracellular vesicles were internalized by target cells and increased endothelial cell survival and migration in a dose-dependent manner 
and stimulated tube formation. Extracellular vesicles were rich in MIR, and most of the 16 highly abundant, evolutionarily conserved MIR are associated with tissue repair pathways. In vivo, extracellular vesicles outperformed cell injections and improved cardiac function. Gene profiling revealed that extracellular vesicle-treated hearts were enriched for tissue reparative pathways. Thus, IPS progenitor cell-derived extracellular vesicles are effective in experimental heart failure in part through their specific MIR signature and stimulation of cardioprotective pathways. The potential use of such vesicles in cardiac conditions is discussed in an editorial by Joseph C. Wu from Stanford University in California, USA. Patients with heart failure often develop atrial fibrillation, which is an important cause of ischemic stroke. In a clinical review, Cardiac Diagnostic Workup of Ischemic Stroke, authored by Haiyang Yang and colleagues from the Academic Medical Center at the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. The authors remind us that cardioembolic sources account for 20-30% to 30% of ischemic strokes. As many of their causes can, thanks to new diagnostic and therapeutic developments, be identified and managed, proper workup of such patients is important due to their prognostic and therapeutic implications. In particular, detection of atrial fibrillation, patent forearmen ovale, and aortic as well as carotid plaques is important. Herein, they propose a cardiac diagnostic workup scheme for patients with ischemic stroke from definite cardioembolic sources and embolic strokes of undetermined source. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.